0: Hey, 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 thank you for being here and for pushing play on this episode. Today, I'm going to share a Q&A episode about a topic I think every Tom, Dick, and Harry and their mother has an opinion about, including myself, which I had personal experience with this as a child, uh, and, you know, knowing what I know now. I know why, what happened happened, uh, but anyway, let me get into the question and into the answer, and I'll share a little bit more on my personal experience with this question. But today's question is, when is it too soon to start a relationship after the death of your spouse or significant other? Now, there's no correct air quotes, correct answer to this question, but there's all kinds of estimates. There's even an absurd mathematical equation that you've maybe heard that says that you need to wait a year for every year that you were married or with that person. So along with our personal experiences is that time is not the key factor When a person should start dating after the death of someone they love. We know that time doesn't heal emotional wounds, and we also know that many people have waited a year or two or five or ten or even twenty years after their significant other has died, and the next relationship still failed. And the majority of those failures were not necessarily because the two people didn't belong together it was that the widow or the widower or the person left behind was not emotionally complete with their significant other who had died. And absent that kind of completion, the new relationship is almost guaranteed to fail. So the other danger is that a person can feel, air quotes, feel ready to date or start a new relationship Relatively soon after the death, and we'll actually say estrangement too. I mean, someone doesn't have to die; you become you can just the relationship can end, or you can become estranged. But I'll just say death for clarity and just for conciseness of this episode. But I'm also talking about those estranged relationships as well, or those that have ended, um, of their significant other. But that feeling can be predict predicated. On loneliness and other factors not necessarily because they are emotionally complete with their significant other who died so let me say that again because there was a lot of information in there so even though you can feel ready for a new relationship that feeling can be predicated on loneliness and also other factors but not necessarily because you are emotionally complete So the time to start a new relationship is only after, air quotes, after having taken actions to discover and complete what was left emotionally unfinished in the earlier relationship. And you'll notice that I'm not saying any time frames at all. And that's not to say that a week after your significant other dies or the relationship ends that you should start dating, it's meant to indicate that it's the actions of completion that will dictate when you are ready to start a new relationship so that you don't mix the old relationship in with the new one and sabotage it in advance. So it's only after you take grief recovery actions, that you'll have a clearer sense of whether or not you're ready. And truly, only you, the person left behind, can answer that for yourself. But it's, again, we can easily confuse that feeling of being ready. And yet, when we start that new relationship, we're seeing the same patterns repeating themselves. And why is that? Is because we haven't become emotionally complete with that previous relationship, and so, as if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you'll see and and you've heard and understood by now that we drag our baggage with us from the past into the present unless we look at it, unless we unpack that baggage, unless we look at that you know, luggage that we've been dragging around. This is why when people say, I don't have to dig up the past, I don't have to look at the past, I'll just forget it, I'll bury it, I'll sweep it under the rug. This is why these patterns keep repeating in your life. You know, you can have failed relationship after failed relationship because you're not consciously aware of what those patterns are. And the only way to become aware of what those patterns are that are repeating is is to understand them, is to have awareness about them. Where did they come from? Where did they originate? Nine times out of ten, I'll even say ten times out of ten, it originated from your family of origin. Because when we are, our backs are against the wall and we're feeling challenged and we're feeling like we're in an uncomfortable position, we will resort to what we know in those situations. And... What we've learned in those situations in the past is how we'll respond in the present and in the future unless we have an awareness and acknowledge that the past is influencing our present and then we choose new tools and new awareness to change those patterns of behavior. And this is why grief recovery is very much an educational Process as much as it is a transformative one, um, and I say grief recovery because that's the program that I facilitate in my program. Do grief differently. So you'll you'll hear you would have heard both terms used interchangeably, but that is essentially what I'm talking about when I talk about do grief differently. Is grief recovery as well as the UMAP, which is another component of do grief do grief differently, which answers the question when you're, you know, kind of when I just had a consultation just a while ago and that I finished and what you learn through grief recovery, it's like you've addressed all this grief and you've addressed all this stuff from the past. Now what? Well, the UMAP is the now what? It's how you move forward. It's becomes your lighthouse for moving forward, which is why both programs together are so transformative and impactful on people's lives. And so coming back to this question, my personal experience in this is that as a child, when my father had passed away, my mother quickly remarried within a couple of years. She was in, within a couple of years, she was in a new relationship and remarried. And at the time, you know, there was no communication about um, why that was or You know, like I wasn't privy, you know, because of my age, I suppose, uh, to why my mother was, in my mind, jumping into another relationship so quickly when I really didn't even have personally an opportunity to grieve my dad. Here I'm thrown into another huge change that we didn't even talk about. Like I was no, I had no part of that conversation. It was, this is what's happening and you just accept it. And, you know, in my mother's defense, she was doing what she thought was best. Like she wanted, she herself was lacking the confidence and security that she felt she needed to raise my brother and I who he was a teenager and I was you know eight at the time nine ten going you know getting to those pre-teen years and she felt I believe that she needed that support financially and emotionally and just that companionship and you know my her and my dad were married for 17 years when he passed she thought they were gonna grow old and die together you know and so And she was very young. I mean, she, you know, my father was 44. She was 43 when he passed away, still young. And you just don't expect that when you're that young and while you have young children. And I know many people listening to this probably are themselves in this situation. Um, Or you were a kid that was in this situation where your parent remarried or got into another relationship. And so... I think knowing now what I know about grief and the why behind, without my mom even having to say it, right? Because I, we have not had that conversation, but um, specifically about why, although she is kind of sprinkled in what I just said, you know, the fact that she didn't know what to do. Well, how am I supposed to raise two kids on my own? And I have this house and the lawn needs to be mowed and you know what if repairs need to be made and I, I think she was just very overwhelmed with all of that and felt like she needed somebody to support her um in moving forward and was he the right person for her I don't I don't know um but that marriage failed right and I think it's because the reasoning for going into it was not the right reason, right? Like, you know, but I think everything's learning. Everything is learning. And he did end up passing away of emphysema um, quite a few years ago. But he was a big part of my life in all my teen years. He taught me how to drive a stick shift, taught me how to drive a car, um, and he was a big part of my life. Um, But, you know, I think when you are a parent and you're in that situation and you're unsure what to do, um, you know, one of my guests a long time ago had shared that, and I think this is great advice, Um, And I'll add on to it, but I think she had shared something to the effect of, you know, she made the conscious decision herself to not make any big decisions for one year. No big moves, no big career changes, none of those things. No big changes or moves or anything like that. No relationships or anything uh, for the first year that after her spouse had passed away. And I think that's great advice. I think, how do you even find your, you know... Does it take a year to find your bearings? I mean, maybe for some people, it takes five. Again, there's no timeline to when you should, when you are ready for another relationship. But again, it comes back to have you emotionally become complete with that relationship so that you're you're setting up your next relationship or your future relationship for success. And that's really the goal, isn't it? Is to have a a successful relationship like we don't go into it thinking oh my god i'm just you know however long we're together i'll just you know it is what it is i think we hope for the best when we embark on sharing our life with somebody and uh so i think there's a lot of and especially if you have children there's a lot of decision making that needs to go into that as well it's not as cut and dry as if you're single and alone and you know it's just you you're responsible for yourself but I think you know we all come to those conclusions in our own time and people can raise an eyebrow at no matter what you do (laughs) they'll think it's too soon or it's you know, you should be dating by now, or whatever other people's timelines are. But they don't see the personal work that perhaps you're doing that's unseen, right? They might not know that you've gone through grief recovery with a counselor or a therapist, or that you're even seeing a therapist, right? Like, not everybody dishes everything to everybody. And so, we can make these decisions for ourselves and still that we feel are positive and healthy and other people still aren't going to fully understand our decision making. And you owe no one an explanation either. I want to say that like, you know, owe no one an explanation. My mom didn't owe me an explanation. But would it have been nice to be a part of the conversation? Uh, Yeah, would it have been nice to have um, to feel heard and you know, what my thoughts were, even if my mother didn't agree with them. Yes. Uh, But it was, you know, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) It is what it is. And so adaptability became one of my huge strengths from a very, very, very young age. Um, And it's still in one of my, it's actually one of my top 10 strengths. Um, Because I've had to learn to adapt to my environment many times over And so all these experiences that we have, um, I'll bring up the UMAP, is what changes our strengths over time. It's our life experience and the things that we go through and endure and that help us build our own resiliency in challenging times, including death of a loved one or a spouse or a significant other or an end of a relationship, because... You know, we're taught how to acquire things and acquire people, but not what to do when we lose them, right? And so grief recovery is the what to do when you lose them. And we're simply not taught those skills and those tools and that knowledge from a young age. We're just, we're not. Um, And so that's part of my mission here and why I started this podcast is so that we can talk about grief like we talk about the weather. So if you found this episode helpful, uh, please share it. Leave a review if you feel so inclined to. Um, I would love, I read them all. I would love to hear your review. Share it with my audience as well. And um, share it with a friend who you think is, could find this information helpful. Maybe is in this situation and maybe just needs a little hug with words, Because I want this episode to feel like a hug with words, that it is possible to move forward. It is possible to enjoy a life of fulfillment, even after death of a loved one, spouse, significant other, the love of your life. It is possible. And again, thank you so much for listening and pushing play. And I hope you come back next week. And remember... When you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.